friends, and welcome to Looking Up, a podcast for Christian women. We're so glad you've joined us today, and we're going to have a good chat about books and some other things that Kathy and I have been deciding to talk about. And uh, how are things going with you today, Kathy? They're doing great. I've been looking forward to this particular episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be it's fun. Pretty. We mm-hmm. got a lot to cram in, though. Uh-huh. We'll have to <laughs> maybe not get right to it, but we'll get to it in a minute. Yes, yes. Well, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, home study wise, uh-huh. uh, not not a lot since the last time we talked, but I I did successfully make some sourdough French bread, so yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, I'm kind of just adapting regular recipes and using the sourdough starter instead of yeast. So this one needs some tweaking. It looked pretty, it rose like it was supposed to, so that's great news. It means the starter was active, but it was a little bland in flavor. I don't know if I needed more salt or Maybe my starter just doesn't have a lot of strong flavor because it's so new. I'm not sure, but that one needs some tweaking. But um, and I'm trying to flavor. Yeah, yeah, garlic or rosemary or something. Oh yeah, you can do all that kind of stuff. But I mean, just like base. I mean, normally French bread on its own is pretty tasty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this Mm -hmm. was just kind of it. It needed. I felt like it needed more salt. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem. But and we're also trying to go through our freezer and. You know, we freeze corn and fresh tomato juice or tomato mm-hmm. sauce or things like that. I'm trying to be more mindful of going through some of those things so that we'll create space for the stuff mm-hmm. that we'll put up this summer. So. Mm-hmm. so when will all that start? When will you start planting and harvesting? Well, planting early May, harvesting some early spring crops will be a few weeks after that, but most of it will be mid to late summer. Well, that's a couple months away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a lot to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to come help you with that. Yeah. What, next month? Next month. That's I next can't month. Wait. Yeah, because it's March it now. Yes. So, well, so talk about Equipped. I'll be happy to. So Lehman Avenue is hosting a workshop called Equipped. We're both speaking on it, mm-hmm. along with a bunch of other speakers. Eight of those speakers are women, so that's going to be fun. But um, I'm looking forward to getting to see y'all there and... For our listeners, we would love for you to come. It's April 20th through the 23rd mm-hmm. at the Lehman Avenue Church of Christ. We're going to have a bookstore in the foyer. Um, so great sessions, do a little shopping. We're also going to have food trucks in the oh, parking fun. lot. Yeah. So what kind? I don't know what all they've lined up. I know different ones. Um, I've heard that somebody um, met a person at CYC that does cupcakes and things too that Ooh. might bring their baked goods. So, um, but like real food trucks are going to line the parking lot. We're going to have a big tent set up out there. And so it'll be fun, but that is a fantastic idea so that people don't have to get in their cars and go somewhere to get food. Yes. Now we have, we do have a lot of restaurants nearby, but Mm -hmm. if you don't feel like it, you know, or you don't want to give up your parking space, (laughs) then Mm -hmm. you can just stay around and grab something to eat. And, but since you and I both will be there, wouldn't it be fun? Um, to, to have some ladies come and hang out with us and yeah. we'll have some stickers to hand out for looking up and things like that. So maybe we can organize a little get together, half an hour yeah. get together or something. Yeah, what are you fun. speaking on? Mine is, um, doing, uh, doing all you can without doing it all. Okay. Something, something along those lines. So, okay. And what is yours? Well, I haven't asked Neil about this, but he assigned me a topic about Jezebel. <laughs> yeah and but is it the whole theme of it the book of James yes so I'm <laughs> very curious I haven't dug into it yet but what 
What does Jezebel have to do with the book of James? What? No, wait a second. Why what? am I so lucky to get that topic? In fact, he even said to me, I don't know, whenever this was last year that he was planning it. He said, I'm really excited about your topic. So I don't even know how to take that. I'm Neil. sure it's because you're the anti-Jezebel. I'm sure that's what it is. But what's your complete topic title? I can't remember. And it would take me a while to look it up, but it has oh. something to do with Jezebel. All right. That just is what's stuck in my head. Oh, well, okay. Listeners, go online. <laughs> <laughs> just Google Lehman Avenue Church of Christ Equipped mm-hmm. Workshop. You'll find the schedule, the speakers, and Carla's complete topic. <laughs> yeah. I need to Google it or need to look back at that email. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we, sh- we will share, yeah, more information. We'll share more information in that Facebook page too. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yay. Good. Oh, I also wanted to. Do you have your mug with you? You don't. I you don't. Said. I left yeah. it in my office. I'm, I feel so bad. Twisted a little bit. So, so I, yeah, there you go. It says never stop looking up. Yes. Yeah, so we were talking last week about some fun things that shown up in the mail. And that very same night that we recorded, um, we each got a fun package from Lynn Heights mm-hmm. and she got each of us a mug. It's so pretty pink and swirly, creamy colored and gold. It says never stop looking up. So. Yeah. And she made it real fun too, because mm-hmm. she wanted us to open it up at the same time. Mm-hmm. I got so to we FaceTime with you. Yeah. Okay. So sweet. So fun. She thanks is to, the sweetest. She's she just one of the, the most sweetest. thoughtful people I know. Yeah. So thanks to Lynn Height for the, for our mug. Now yeah. I feel kind of official. Official looking yeah. up. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they created that just for us. Well, yes. I'm sure our name is on the bottom. Made in China. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. So what about Huga? Let's talk about Huga for Charlotte Warren. Yeah, that was a really nice compliment that she gave us. She said that our podcast was kind of Huga for her. And then there's all this chatter about what is that? Yeah, I have no, I've never heard of it before, but you, you have a book. I do. I have a book for those who can see the video. This is called um, The Little Book of Huga, Danish Secrets to Happy Living. I would dearly love to give you the author's name, but I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the first name is spelled M-E-I-K. How would you say that? Mike, M-E-I-K, Meek, Mike, Wiking, W-I-K-I-N-G, but he's the CEO of the Happiness Research Institute, and um, the Danish for years have like topped the ranks for people that are the happiest, and I don't know how all they measure that, but this whole book is about what Huga is and how to make your home more Huga, so it's really cozy things, blankets, candles, foods, things that you wear. It's, It's really creating uh, cozy feeling, but I wanted to share, he really describes it. Well, he said that, um, it's been, who has been called everything from the art of creating intimacy, coziness of the soul. I like that one. Mm -hmm. Coziness of the soul, the absence of annoyance, taking pleasure from the presence of soothing things, cozy togetherness. And he says, my personal favorite cocoa by candlelight. Mm, (laughs) I like that. Yeah. So this cute little book just has all the different ways that you can bring Huga into your home, but yeah. that's, that's well, kind of what that is. It's the idea of creating coziness. Yeah. If you're listening and don't know how to spell it so you can Google it because no doubt there will be people who need to Google it. It's H Y G G E. So it doesn't look anything like Huga. Yeah. Uh, it looks like high gear. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but, and, but it, and if you look up how to pronounce it, some people will say it's Huga and some people say it's Huga. So uh-huh. Who knows? Yeah. Well, 
now we've all learned something new. And I, I, you said to, you suggested to look on Pinterest. And so I did, and I ran across one post that was talking about when you live in a place that has six months of dark and cold, you need to do all that you can to, to bring some coziness. And Mm -hmm. she suggested like those woodwick candles. Oh, that you can hear burning. Yeah, you can hear them and blankets and, and um, just making things feel just nice and cozy and smell good and Mm -hmm. all of bringing in all the senses and just, you know, I'm honestly looking forward to daylight savings and that a lot of people are against Mm -hmm. it, but there's just something about the dark. You know, we talked about winter blues a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. but it's, we're adding a little bit of time onto each, a little bit of daylight onto each day. And it just lifts my soul to see a little bit more warmth, a little bit more light. And so I can understand if you live in a place that, mm-hmm. that has that much darkness and that much cold, that would be something you would need to do is make life as cozy as possible. Make, yeah, well, make your I, insides pleasant. Exactly. Not in your body, not well, inside, not your guts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that too. I like, but a big part of it too, is, is with other people, like the Mm -hmm. social aspect of it plays a huge part. It's not so much hunkering down in isolation and coziness. And as much as it is creating a sense of connectedness and togetherness and warmth and um, how to make people feel that when they come into your home Mm -hmm. and to envelop them in that feeling so that they leave just feeling lighter and brighter and better. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is about the dead of winter when it here in Denver at five, it's dark and it's Mm -hmm. usually six o'clock before it's pitch dark in Texas, but I just want to put my pajamas on and Mm -hmm. go to bed at eight (laughs) o'clock. And it just feels funny getting in the car on Wednesday nights. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it feels like you're leaving in the middle of the night. So it does. It's so dark. Yeah. Yeah. So I love those suggestions about making your home feel more welcoming and, and just a place that you want to be because you don't Mm -hmm. really want to be outside in the dead of winter in some places. Before I forget, what have you thrifted? Oh, I even brought it in here to show you if if anybody. Because I think I completely forgot to ask you about that last week. That worked out last week though, because I had forgotten to tell you not to ask me because I just didn't have any time to do any of it last week. I think I texted you that I found this quilt, but it's, it's another quilt that I found. And this one was only $5.99, but it's, it's completely, I'll put it up here for those who are. Oh, that's so pretty. Looking at the video, but. Oh, it's very Huga. It is, you know, honestly it is, but it's, it's threadbare and the little P I don't know what the name of the pattern is. I'm sure somebody would be able to tell me what it is flying geese or something like that, but every bit of it is hand stitched. Like mm. it's hand pieced. Oh, A lot of boy. times you'll find That's the quilt, so special. even the ones that are, um, that are hand quilted will not be hand pieced, but this one is completely hand pieced. And there's a little place in the corner where someone has written M-A-T. And so the stuff like that just makes me wonder, it, was it Matilda Ann Thompson that made this or was it made for her son, Matt, Matthew, Aww. or, you know, there's, there's a story behind it. And yeah. I wish I knew it, but obviously I'm not going to, I'm not going to know it, but it was very, very clean. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it is threadbare. It's not something that you could really snuggle up with because I think it would fall apart, but I was just so excited to find it. It was funny because when I, when I saw it, it was hanging on one of the racks with that they bring out 
And that's where you find the best stuff, honestly, is, is when they bring a rack out, you have to knock people over and shove them down so you can <laughs> see what they have first before they get to it. But I, I saw someone bring this rack out and it had a bunch of home goods, you know, they'll have blankets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I always look because I'm always looking for quilts and somebody said, oh, there's an old blanket. And I thought, don't touch it. Don't touch it. That's mine. And I'm, you know, sending this mental, don't even think about it. That's mine. And then she said, it's only $5.99. And then that was even more of a, leave it there. I'm going to buy it. So she walked away from it and, and I snatched it up and, and I bought it and I, I can't wait to put it in my little quilt cabinet and, and all and dripping at home. I tried to channel my inner Carla yesterday and went to Goodwill and I thought, I'm just going to pay more attention, be more leisure about it. I feel like if I, I don't go very often, but if I do, I'm kind of eager to get back out as soon as I can. (laughs) And I, I, we just don't, I just think we don't have, you know what, when you come here next month, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to take you in there with me and just watch what you do. I'm just going to watch you work your magic and see if you can find something in ours. (laughs) Well, there are some, when you walk in, you're like, there's nothing here. You can just tell. And and there are yeah. a lot, probably, I would say the vast majority of Goodwills are probably like that, but mm-hmm. there's two or three here that are not too far away from where we live here. Okay. And when, when I go back home next week, there's fewer, there's one in Austin, but it's like a 40 minute drive. So I don't go there as often. And there's one in Drippin and they have some, some good stuff, but it, again, it's just the frequency, the neighborhood, even though they Mm -hmm. say that they take things in and then spread them out. Mm -hmm. They don't always, like if you're in a really ritzy neighborhood, not everything is going to stay in that local Goodwill. They'll send things out. But um, yeah, it's, I understand there's, there's some of those Goodwills that you walk in and, and they smell bad and, and you just don't think, I can't imagine finding anything in here. There's always going to be a treasure in there somewhere, but how willing are you to spend time? And again, it's not always Goodwills. There may be an ARC thrift store or just the junior league thrift shop. Usually those have good things, but they usually know that when it's something Mm -hmm. good. So you might not be able to find a bargain there. Yeah. We have, we have some pretty nice antique places or consignment shops that are more like antique places, but they're, they're priced like antique places, you know, not, not thrift store prices, but I did see, um, I thought about that, that conversation we had where you sold, was it copy paper, like photocopy paper Mm -hmm. that you found color something. And there was this unopened box that looked like it was something similar. And it was, um, overhead projector, (laughs) 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 overhead projector sheets. Yeah. That's why it was a Goodwill. No one's using that anymore. That's probably not going to do me. (laughs) But that's what we have. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you need to venture into. um, You'll have to teach me your ways. Yeah. You have to teach me your ways. Well, did y'all do anything this weekend? Um, hmm, I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, my mom and her husband Ray are visiting. Yeah. So they're with us. Yes, house hunting. And this weekend we're having our ladies retreat. Oh. Lehman Avenue ladies retreat. So are you going somewhere? We have it at Big Reedy, which oh, is that's a right. local mm-hmm. camp. Mm-hmm. Who's speaking? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. that 
we didn't discuss that we were going to discuss this. See, what I'm really aiming for is for you to ask me what we did this weekend. I actually, this is so bad, but I actually looked it up last night because I was telling my mom about it, but I don't know her. So her name doesn't come to me quickly and I'm looking forward to, I know she's going to do a great job. I just, oh, sure. I just don't know who it is. <laughs> well, maybe we can share it in the Facebook group. Actually, it'll be passed. Yeah. By the time. Yeah. By the time this airs, it'll be done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we took a little field trip. Um, John and I went with Brian and Shannon Ketchum down to Colorado Springs and we went to the focus on the family headquarters. Did oh, y'all fun. ever do that when you were here? No. Mm-mm. We, every time we pass through on our way here and on our way home, we always say we need to go over there and just mm-hmm. see what it's like. And because there's lots of really, John just wanted to go to the bookstore because there's a lot of resources that, that they have. And it was pretty interesting that we didn't spend a lot of time there, but um, they have free counseling resources. They do a lot of work with women's, um, mm-hmm. not shelters, but with uh, pregnancy resource centers. And mm-hmm. they just have a lot of uh, things that probably would be good resources to look look at. And so that yeah. was fun. And then we went over to the Olympic and the Paralympic Museum that's in Colorado Springs. Oh, we never did that either. Yeah. Huh. That's why we decided to do it because we just always talk about it and we never mm-hmm. have done it. And they had all of the torches from the Olympics. Oh, how fun. Maybe, maybe not all of them, but they went back a long, long way. And they're, I guess, all designed by the different countries where they hmm. originally, where the Olympics are held. And, mm-hmm. and so they had interactive things. They had Uh, bow shooting like shooting bows and they had a track that you can on one side of the wall it has jesse owens running like full like life size so you're racing against jesse owens (laughs) did you beat him i did not do that i didn't (laughs) i didn't i knew i'd hurt myself and i need i need my knees right now so there's interactive stuff and that sounds fun it was fun and then we ate at a a hamburger place called the skirted heifer well Yeah, I have never heard of it, but it was one of those places that Brian pulled up on Yelp and he said it's got fantastic reviews. It was one of the diners, drive-ins and dives. Oh, okay. What, what it's ta- it's a it's a hamburger joint, but the skirt is they take a big slab of cheddar cheese oh, and gotcha. put it on the grill. Yeah. And so it gets brown and kind of crispy, crispy on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then they put it on top of your, your hamburger. Cute. And you can't even pick up the hamburger because there's this cheese all spilling over. <laughs> that's fun. So, oh, it was, it was oh. so good. It was so good. But anyway, that's what we did on Saturday. It was fun. Very exciting. You do fun yeah. things. Sometimes. Sometimes we do. <laughs> well, this week we're going to talk about books mm-hmm. because both of us love to read and mm-hmm. uh, we just thought it would be fun. Maybe not necessarily to give, it's not necessarily our favorites mm-hmm. because. Um, it would take too long. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of my books are back home and I was having to rely on my memory to, I was mentally scanning my bookshelves and and mentally doing things doesn't work quite so well anymore. But uh, so we just wanted to have some book talk. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm looking forward to this because uh, I've loved books for a long time. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, from a, from childhood, I enjoyed reading books. And then as a teenager, you know, it just grew more and more. And my book collection here at the house is pretty mm-hmm. big. In fact, we're thinking about turning my office into a home library and oh, fun. putting floor to ceiling bookshelves all around all four walls. And oh, and that so. sounds like heaven. Yeah. So that that's a big project. <laughs> I remember when I was a, a little girl, um, I mean, less than I was probably seven, eight, maybe nine. 
and I had a set of Walt Disney's uh, fan. There was a set of four. One book was green, one was orange, one was red, and one was yellow. And it was like fantastic or fabulous fiction, adventures and fantasy. I mean, it was just different. The different mm-hmm. each book had a different theme. Mm-hmm. I think I read those cover to cover. And then my dad had um, Reader's Digest. Uh, remember the condensed version? Oh, I loved what? those things yeah. when we were first married. That's what I collected. Yeah. So I went through a lot of those and and would I just would lose myself in a book. Mm-hmm. So I, I just enjoy reading. What kind, what genre is your favorite? Oh, I probably historical fiction. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's mine too. Yeah. And I, um, I just lost my train of thought, but <laughs> do you enjoy a certain era of historical fiction? Mostly 1800s, but yeah. uh, as I'll share today, I'm kind of all over the place, but I was wanting to say something about when I was a teenager, because what you were saying reminded me of it. And now it's, oh, I know what I was going to say. It wasn't even teenagerhood. Do you remember when you were a kid, they'd have the book fairs that come to the school? Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, start saving up your pennies uh-huh. and mm-hmm. they you get a catalog ahead of time. Remember? Mm-hmm. So you could mm-hmm. kind of go through and circle your wish list. I can smell that, was, that catalog right now. Right. That's before the <laughs> Amazon wish list people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would come and they'd set it all up. And it was, I, it was like more exciting than a field trip. I oh just, Yeah. So looking forward to that. And then yeah. come home with a stack of books and mm-hmm. that was the best. So oh, I still best. have that same feeling anytime I walk into a bookstore, whether it's yeah. new or used, I just yeah. love it so much. But yes. so do you have mostly hard copy books or do you do Kindle or? I do online and, and I have a Kindle, but now I read on my iPad because um, I can make, I can adjust the size to be able to see better. I had a whole lot rather hold a book in my hands and it just, mm-hmm. it's better because you can like your cast of characters at the, when you're starting a book and you're trying to remember, Oh, who that, who is that person? You can flip back mm-hmm. and find the person, but you can't do that as well. Although they've changed things a little bit in the, I'm not sure what you call it, Apple books or something like that. Cause I, it's not Kindle on my iPad, but, okay. um, but I like, I I'd rather have a hard copy, but I, most of my books are on, on my iPad now, which is nice because you can carry everything around. Yeah. So but, much easier for traveling. Yeah. Do you read yeah. a hard copy or a oh, hard copy? Yeah. I, I tried that route because of easy for traveling. My, I think my sister always reads on some kind of online thing and um, it's easier for her at night. You know, her husband's asleep. She doesn't yeah. have to worry about the lamp being on and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But I tried that. I just really, really, really like the feel of a book in my hands. Yeah. I feel like that's part of the experience for me. And mm-hmm. um, I don't want more screen time, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, but I have done it. I just prefer a hard copy book. So, yeah. but here's what I do. Um, I've started since we've been here at Lehman Avenue, I found that there are some other members at Lehman Avenue that like to read a lot. And so when I order the latest book from my favorite authors and read it, I pass it along mm-hmm. to Kelly Nix at mm-hmm. church. And then she reads it and she passes it along to somebody else who passes it along to somebody else. Yeah. And we've actually have quite a few women in our little book train reading all these books. So that's kind of my justification for yeah. well, you buying, share and then y'all can buying the books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, that's what we do. But definitely. have you ever seen the, um, we've walked in the neighborhood. Sometimes somebody will have a little, it looks like a little house on a post in their oh, yeah, yard. And yeah. It says, we have one. Books. Yeah. You have one? 
No, not we, we, oh. but and our there's one near the <laughs> stop it. Sorry, the inner eight-year-old came out in me. <laughs> not wee wee <laughs> okay composure it'd be a lot easier if I couldn't see you <laughs> oh no what I meant was <laughs> thanks thanks that helps what I meant was we don't want <laughs> personally but there's one in the neighborhood near the church but stop it get your access <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There's one near the church building. It's like a little book library. Mm-hmm. What do they call those things? It's right at the end know. of somebody's yard yeah. off the road. And it's take one, leave one. Yeah. Tiny little book library thing. It's mm-hmm. so cute. Yeah, it is. And it's such a great idea. Just mm-hmm. if you want to share a book, <laughs> you can take it down to the, <laughs> to the little book house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I cannot start this over. Again, okay. composure. <laughs> We're so mature. Uh, my eyes are watering. Uh-huh. So uh. my favorite genre, I think, is also the historical fiction. And I am mm. always drawn towards World War II. Mm. I love World War II fiction. And and then there's, this is a pretty narrow category, but there's Israel. There's a lot of books about it, their historical fiction about Israel. A lot of them will be when they're forming the state of Israel. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of mine is one that you, you recommended to me, one of my, Mm -hmm. that I have on my list today, but I just love books that take me places. And I, I I don't think that I have that great of an imagination. John has a fantastic imagination, but if you put me in a book and, and describe where you are well, and I can just go anywhere. And I just think that's Mm -hmm. the, the best thing about a book. I love it. And I tend to, I'm a fiction reader. I want to be, I want to be a nonfiction, you know, a highbrow, read all of the fancy good for you books, but I always gravitate back towards fiction. Neil is nonfiction all the way. And his, his stack on his nightstand is, you know, he has books about the black plague, Mm -hmm. which to me is not cozy nighttime reading. That's not hookah. That's not who got all and mm-hmm. or anything. He especially loves any kind of obscure time period history, and you know, yeah. and that's what he just loves to read. So he's nonfiction all the way, nonfiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a mental break too, because mm-hmm. just at the end of the day, when you just want to, you know, think about something else besides what you've been having to do all day. Not necessarily bad stuff, but just right, just a relaxation. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy that. So mm-hmm. we are going to share some of our. Uh, books that we've enjoyed. And obviously we want to just say that the Bible is <laughs> for both of us, obviously the number absolute one. best, number one on any yeah. list. And that's what, obviously we both spend a lot of time in the Bible, in the word every day. So that is just kind of a given, but what we wanted to focus in on a little bit more today is um, just some of the books that we've read and what we recommend or or have enjoyed about them. So why don't you go first and tell us one of yours? Okay. Well, um, I do have a few nonfiction, but they're Mm -hmm. more like resources, things that I've learned from. And the first one is seven laws of the learner by, um, Wilkinson, Mm -hmm. Bruce Wilkinson. And this was actually required reading for a class I took from Michael Haidt when we were at Bear Valley. And I absolutely love this book, the seven laws of the learner. And what it does is talk about you as a teacher, and your accountability and your responsibility and, and um, 
all these different ways to make an impact when you're teaching. So it could be public speaking, it could be um, for men preaching, you know, um, teaching in Bible class, it could be teaching your own children or grandchildren, really any, having a personal Bible study with somebody, it really has that helpful of tips in here for making a difference and changing lives and how to do that as somebody who's teaching. So um, I was just going to share a couple of little tidbits from the book, and he talks about putting your whole everything into it. And one of the things he says when you're teaching is laugh, weep, mourn, rejoice, be fully human when you teach. At the same time, watch that you don't become the star of your own show. Mm. You and I are servants, not superstars. Mm. So he's got just so many helpful tidbits like that in there. Um, Teach beyond the head and reach down into the heart. Is not the word of God so precious to you that you would die for it? Then decide that while you are yet alive, you'll live for it. Mm. So there's just so many good nuggets in here. And, And as I was skimming through it, trying to find something to share, today, I got caught up in reading it, you know, and yeah. I thought, oh, I need to put this on my nightstand and read through this one again. So is it a pretty easy things. read or do you have to, it's kind a, of- it's a very easy read. It's very easy. It's engaging. Mm-hmm. He has lists in there. Um, it's, it's an easy read. I'm going to, I'm going to buy that today. Mm-hmm. I, I, I should get that on in a hard copy so I can maybe dog ear it and stuff. Cause I know that mm-hmm. I, I've heard so many people talk about what a great book it is. Is it something that you have like has it affected your teaching? Absolutely. It's probably a dumb question, but. Or if you lose your, if you get a little bit tired of teaching or discouraged or just a little bit burnout and spend some time in this book, it kind of just reignites you and makes you want to kind of revamp things, re-energize you, give you some new ideas, Mm -hmm. remind you of why you're doing it. Uh, Just it's, I cannot recommend it enough. It is very good. And mine is dog-eared and I've gone through with a highlighter and highlighted things in there and yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. All right. Good, your turn. Good. My first one, and this probably is my favorite of any book I've ever read other than the Bible. Wow. Of and it's a series. Okay. And I think you've read it or we've at least talked about it, but it's the Mark of the Lion series by Francine, Francine Rivers, Rivers. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. anything she writes. I have, mm-hmm. I have read all of her books except her newest one, which is, um, you probably would enjoy that more because it's 1800s. Her new one, new one is called The Lady's Mind, but she, <clears throat> excuse me, she is a, a former romance writer, like, like the secular, yeah, mm-hmm. heavy breathing kind of romance writer stuff that I, I wouldn't read, but then she, um, she became a believer and I don't know what she belongs to or what all she believes, but there are many things that I have found reading through her books that I feel like uh, she knows a lot of the truth. Mm -hmm. I I don't know all about her, but Francine Rivers is her name. She's written lots and lots of Christian fiction. And that's what this would be classified as Christian fiction. Um, But it's called the Mark of the Lion series. And there's three books in it. The first one is called A Voice in the Wind. And the second one is An Echo in the Darkness. And the third one is As Sure as the Dawn. And they are set in first century. And Mm -hmm. honestly, the opening chapter of the first book is something I kind of had to get through, which 
is a little discouraging, you know, because people had recommended it to me and I was like, oh, this is not all that great. But then it really picked up, but it's, it opens in Jerusalem during the siege of Jerusalem. And she, this, it's about this slave, this little girl, she's not a slave at the time, but she, her name is Hadassah and her family ends up dying in the siege and uh, she's captured, taken hostage, and she's taken back to, to Ephesus, I believe. And there, there's a whole lot in between, obviously. And she becomes a slave for this uh, Corinthian family. So maybe she's in Corinth. I can't remember. I need to go back. I've read these, I don't know, five times each, but it's probably been more than five years since I've read them. But uh, the first book intertwines the story of Hadassah and how she becomes a servant to this family and how she lets her faith shine quietly and they notice something's different about her and uh but there's also another part of the book atrates and i don't know if i'm saying his name right that's how i always read it he is a german warrior who's captured and then he's taken eventually to rome and becomes a gladiator and uh it's just the second the first book is about the both of them the second book is more about hadassah she ends up in the arena and a lion almost kills her, but someone rescues her. And so then the second book is about her and mm -hmm. the um, son of the, of her owner falls in love with her slowly. But uh, that's a, a great story about how that happens. And then the third book is more about Atreides and how he goes back to Germany and he takes his wife with them. And, and it's a gradual learning about the Lord. And so it just really, there's things about it that were, I don't want to overstate it too much, but pretty life-changing to me because Hadassah mm -hmm. responds <laughs> to evil in a way that I had never really considered. She, she's saddened by it. She, she's, uh, she does not have knee-jerk reactions. She always is kind to people, even when she has to say hard things to them. And it, you know, I, I didn't take the time to go find something in the book to quote from it, but they, they were just, just such good books. They're graphic in, in the sense that they, um, she addresses some pretty hard topics like, mm -hmm. um, there's an abortion and obviously it's, it's a very, it's not a graphic in the sense that they describe it, but mm -hmm. it's something that's happening to someone and how Hadassah um, tries to talk her out of it. And I don't remember all of the details about it, but it, so it's not for, I would say not for young girls, but mm -hmm. 13 and up, if you've had these discussions about, about things that really are going on in the world and how to deal with them. But uh, that, that would be my, my favorite fiction book probably of all time. Well, one of yeah. them. Do you know the dates on those? I know I've, I haven't read those in years, but I want to say, I feel like I read them even before I got married, but are they that old? Mm, maybe. Maybe uh, I read them after, right after. Published 1993. So oh, Okay. So it was, it was right after because mm -hmm. we got married in 92. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I read those when they first came out and was amazed. She also wrote Redeeming Love, right? Yeah. And that that's was pretty, definitely that's, a good one. That's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a fictionalized story of, of Hosea. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and it's a set in 1800s in the West. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, that's one that my son Jacob read and wrote, he wrote about it. So it's, that's mm -hmm. something that's, uh, would be good for anyone 
mature, obviously. Right. Definitely takes some maturity there. Yeah. So the Mark of the Lion series, that's my first one. Okay. I feel like I could hop to fiction now because some of these nonfiction ones will seem a little bit jarring <laughs> after this fiction talk. So, you know what I'm saying? Oh, whatever. Talking about historical say. fiction. And I'm good. I think I'm going to switch over to historical okay. fiction. And if we have time at the end, I'll go back to some of these nonfiction okay. ones, maybe. Um, so I kind of broke mine down into different types. The first ones are the mod modern day, mm -hmm. you know, instead of historical fiction. And I just read The Extraordinary Deaths of Mrs. Kipp. Hmm. And I did not write down the author's name, but The Extraordinary Deaths of Mrs. Kipp. And it's about this woman who, um, she is put in hospice care and a journalist is sent to sort of a punishment for her. She is sent to write her obituary, to interview her, to write her obituary. And of course the journalist wants something more exciting than that. And, mm -hmm. but she goes and, and interviews her. And then throughout the course of the interview, she finds out that she's really a remarkable woman and um, that she's touched so many lives. And she starts to see when she first meets her, you can envision the scene of she's almost dying. You know, she's shrunken in. She can't really eat or drink. She's can't even go to the bathroom by herself. And so they talk about what you might smell when you walk into the mm -hmm. room. And so she's mm -hmm. really having a hard time just being in there with her. Yeah. Doesn't know where to look when she's talking to her. And throughout this, the the book, she just grows to love her as a person as she hears about mm -hmm. her life and her story. And the title comes from the fact that she um, died to self, died mm -hmm. a thousand deaths to self. Mm -hmm. And it was all these different ways that she, you know, um, got past herself, even in hard times to give to others. Wow. And um, there's just some statements throughout the book that's about things like, um, if you ask God to put you to work, he will always answer that prayer. You know, Lord, use me today. He will always answer that prayer. And, you know, just, and one thing that she's talking about a scene where um, Mrs. Kip, who's dying herself, goes across the hall to visit another patient who's dying because nobody's been to see him. Mm. And when she first walks in there, you know, he doesn't want her in there. He doesn't know her. He's kind of crotchety about it. Get out of here. Why are you in here? Go away. But she's just persistent. And the comment is made something about when people are lonely and the, the hand of compassion first reaches out to them, it mm. might hurt their tender places. Mm. And I just thought that was so good, you know, that sometimes people don't know how to receive when you're just extending genuine love yeah. and their loneliness. But there are several moments like that throughout the book. It was just, it was really good. And was it a tearjerker? Yes. Oh. By the time you get to the end, you're just, you mm. might, you might, might shed a few tears. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of Tuesdays with Maury and I don't remember a whole lot about it, but the way you were describing it, that mm. sounds like a great book. What's the well, name of it again? The Extraordinary Deaths of Mrs. Kip. And the reason I read it is because, you know, I'm in a couple of groups on Facebook about Christian fiction, inspirational mm -hmm. fiction, and that, that one kept popping up. The cover didn't look like anything I'd be interested in. The genre is not really something I'm interested in. But everybody kept commenting on it. And so I finally ordered it and read it. And I'm glad I did because it, it really was a good read. I never think about looking for groups on Facebook like that. Mm -hmm. I find new authors that way because somebody huh. will say, oh, I just read this book. It was amazing. And if it's an author I've never heard of before, then I can look them up and see if I like them. You have to share the, the groups because I would like to be in there too. Okay. I can That's do a great that. resource. Yeah. 
Okay. That sounds like a good one. I'm, I think yes. I'm going to have to read that one. Well, my second one is Little Women and Little Men and Joe's Boys by Louisa Louis May Alcott. You read all, all those. <laughs> but specifically Little Women, that was one that probably... I, another one that I read and read and read and read and read, and I have my copy from when I was a kid, but you know how the spine is, it's all curled in on itself. And I mean, it's <laughs> probably falling apart. I don't know. It's back and dripping somewhere, but that's one of the books that just makes you laugh and makes you cry. And it just transports you back to that time period, civil war time period. But, you know, honestly, when I was a little girl or a younger girl reading it, I didn't even associate it with civil war because it doesn't talk a lot about it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, their father is gone. I think he was some kind of a doctor or something. He, he was helping the wounded mm -hmm. if I remember right. But that was just one. I think that I could relate to all of the girls in some way, except for Amy. I didn't ever like Amy, but Meg, you know, she was this romantic and Joe was this tomboy, but yet she would write. And I wanted to be a writer and Beth was shy, but she liked to play the piano and, and there's just different parts in it that I went over and over and over, you know, the, the scene between Joe and Laurie, when, when he wants to marry her and she, she's sort of horrified by that and how they're friends. And, mm -hmm. and then later on, uh, she kind of goes back to him, but he's already fallen in love with Amy, but there's just so much about, about those books that, uh, that I can just see in my mind when, when Joe is curling Meg's hair to go to that ball or whatever she was going to, and she leaves it in too long and pull in a piece of Meg's hair burns off, you know, things like that. But I just love those books and those, all of those books, in particularly Little Women, but Little Men was fun because it was a continuation of when Joe inherited the the mansion, um, her Aunt March's mansion and turned it into a boys' school and uh, Joe's boy. So it was, I just enjoyed that. And that, that was one of the few books that I enjoy the movies too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there've been several renditions and I think my favorite was probably the most recent. Did you see that one? Yes. Yes. I'm pretty I sure like I've seen all of the movies. They're mm -hmm. so good, but I've never actually read the book itself. Yeah. You would enjoy it. It's long, yeah. but you know, it may be more along the lines of a, a preteen, but I think you would still enjoy it. But that's just one. When I think of books that I have loved, Little Women has to be way, way up at the very top of that list. Hmm. So a classic. Definitely. Yeah. That's because you're a classy person. <laughs> when I laugh at wee wee, it's probably not because I'm a classy person. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have another modern day set in modern times and that's When Crickets Cry by Charles Martin. Have you ever heard of that one? No. Hmm. Oh, okay. Normally I don't like tearjerkers because I don't even like to watch movies that are tearjerkers mm -hmm. because I don't, you know, you read to escape. You don't want to bawl your eyes out, but this one is so good. And it was another one. I kept seeing Charles Martin's name crop up in this group and everybody was talking about this book when crickets cry and how good it is. And it is so good. It is very well written. It snags you in from the first page. Mm. And I remember distinctly, I read at night right before I fall asleep laying in bed. And I remember reading the first few pages and literally making an out loud noise. Like <gasps> it just pulled me in mm. and he is such a good writer. Now I've read a few of his other books and he gets a little bit more 
kind of edgy. Hmm. Um, just in talking about some things, he's not promoting them at all. In fact, he's talking about how it ruins your life. He talks about pornography and, you know, mm -hmm. things like that, but, but it can be a little bit more of an edgier read, even though it's considered Christian fiction. But when crickets cry is so good from start to finish, but it is a tearjerker. He's lost his wife. Um, mm -hmm. He's trying to help a little girl who lives next door who needs a heart transplant and, you know, but it's, it's a absolutely beautiful story, beautiful setting. You will bawl your eyes out <laughs> and Great. it's ironic that it's about, you know, somebody needing a heart transplant because you mm -hmm. kind of feel like he's just ripped your heart right out of your mm -hmm. chest by the time you're done with the read, but it is very well written. When Crickets Cry. When Crickets Cry by Charles, Charles Martin. Martin. Yes. I'm not writing all these down because I know I'm going to have to ask you for them later, but that yeah. sounds like. I don't mind crying in a book, mm -hmm. especially if no one's looking at me, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like I, books I, that make me feel things. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to. I don't, I don't really want to cry in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Normally if somebody says this is a tearjerker, I'm thinking, no, thanks. <laughs> and you're that way about movies too. Yeah, well, yeah, mostly. <laughs> yeah. I guess it just depends on the context and depends on if I'm, if I'm by myself or if, you know, the boys used to always, when, when they were younger, I could always tell if we were sitting in a movie, watching a movie, if something sad came on, they'd be like looking over at me to see if I was <laughs> crying, crying yet. And yeah. I get so mad, just quit looking at me. But yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. So that's your second. Okay. My third is, is another series because I couldn't really choose, but this series, it's called the Mitford series by Jan oh. Karen. Have I'm you read reading those? that right now. Are you? Yes, I'm in, I'm in book three. Which one? Which which one is that? I can't remember. I, I don't remember the title. I don't know the title of it, but it's book three in the series. Um, well, I didn't take a picture of of the series, but um, it's set. It's fictional, of course, but it's set in in a fictional town called Mitford, North Carolina, mm -hmm. and it's about um, they call him Father Tim. Mm -hmm. He's he's a Episcopal priest. But, and I don't really know anything about, uh, after I read the books, I learned a little bit more about it, but it's just such a heartwarming series. And mm -hmm. I love how she writes in voices. So I'm trying to think of Harley and, and Dooley and, and all of these characters that are in book three is these high green hills. I just saw that. Okay. So this, he's a, an elderly priest. He's like, not elderly, but he's... <laughs> The older I get, the, the younger, younger he, he is, but I think he's like early sixties, something like that. When the book series starts out and he's single, but he meets, um, he meets a, a woman, her name is Cynthia. And, but he adopts this young boy who has been mistreated and abused by his, I think his mother was a drug addict and his father was gone. And and there was lots of different kids in that family, but he rescued Dooley and, and adopted him. And he has this huge dog, um, Barnabas, that mm -hmm. he talks about all the time. And there's just so many neat and fun, but yet at the same time, um, he addresses, she addresses some, some pretty serious issues, but you learn again, how to deal with people mm -hmm. because Tim is just, um, Everyone respects him and loves him, but he's a human. He's, he's very human. And in, in the, if he gets angry about something, I think he's diabetic. So he, he gets frustrated because he has to watch his diet. 
And, um, but he just, he loves people. And there's one that it's called shepherds abiding that I read every Christmas, mainly just because it has all, it talks about the lights and the, the coziness of Christmas and, and the snow falling outside. And, and he, he is, um, restoring this set of, I don't know, it's not paper mache, but it's some kind of a set of, um, he's doing it for his wife. He's married her by that time. And then she's doing something in secret for him. And, and it's just a fun book to read at Christmas time. It could put you in the Christmas spirit, but there's just so many good things about those books. I think there's nine or 10 in the series that I know there's a lot and yeah. Kelly Nix has found all of them and bought all of them. So she's reading through those and sharing them with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you mentioned this one because uh, Lynn Height years and years ago shared that she loved the Mitford series. I and didn't know that. Yeah. And I, but I never got it, you know, I never picked one up and tried it out back then. Yeah. And then um, now I'm reading them. And I was just sharing last night with Neil that the, I read this little section that he was talking about how he needs to not rush through his morning time in the word Yeah, and how he compares it to if he just kind of hurriedly rushes through it's like giving himself a quarter tank of gas yeah. in his vehicle. And when he's riding around about his day, he might run out. He might run out of gas at some point. But if he takes the time mm -hmm. to fully fill up on God's word, then he has a full tank for wherever the mm -hmm. day leads him, wherever the road takes him. Yeah. And I just loved that illustration. It was so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, the way she describes things about mm -hmm. the town. You just want to go there. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just looking kind of at this little synopsis. There's uh, there's actually a cookbook. Did you know they have yes. a cookbook? Mm -hmm. And I have that back at home. But the he describes Esther's um, orange marmalade cake. And uh, <laughs> there's just so many fun things about it. I just love those books. So they're not hard to read. They're fairly short. You know, they're half inch to three quarter inch wide, if you want to describe it that way. But he's just a, a very caring and a loving and a very straightforward man who deals with ordinary, ordinary circumstances, but he, he handles them well. And he uh, it just, at the same time, you're being entertained by the story. You're also learning how to deal with people mm -hmm. and how to love people. So, I, I and the dialogue that. is just so well-written. It's so mm -hmm. charming and interesting. And like you say, it's, it's like a perk, you know, especially yeah. if you are in ministry, and you work with people, it's fun to see him interacting with the different personalities that you run across, right? Because every work has them and um, how he loves through their situations. And he's there for them mm -hmm. with their big problems and their tiny little things that somehow he gets saddled with, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he just, he just does it. He just takes mm -hmm. care of it. And he, but he's human, you know, yeah. he wrestles sometimes with discouragement or grumbling, but mm -hmm. Yeah, that's he, has, a good, good he has breakfast every morning with a couple of characters that he doesn't, one of them, he doesn't like too much, but he, he goes anyway and he has mm -hmm. breakfast and they talk about things and mm -hmm. it's just, it's just fun. So it is. That's the a good one. series by Jan Karen. All right. So my next one is a dual time book. And so, you know, how some of them will start out in present day and then they'll go back in time and you read a little bit back in time and then it moves back to present day. And I wasn't sure if I would actually like that or not. But um, Jamie Jo Wright has hers. Are, have you read anything by her? 
no. I'm learning She's, all kinds of new things today. Jamie Jo Wright, and hers are kind of spooky. <laughs> so all the covers are amazing. They have this eerie look to them, but they're really good. Uh, they just draw you in. The covers themselves will draw you in, but okay. they're a little bit spooky. Um, time slip, dual time writing. And I heard the latest one that I just read by her was called The Souls of Lost Lake. So it's kind of, they're always mysterious. You know, there's a mystery there. And she kind of makes you almost think that something spooky is going on. But of course, in the end, it, you know, there's a, there's an explanation, explanation. for it, but mm-hmm. yeah, not in the Scooby-Doo way and more, <laughs> in a, you know, this really will kind of give you the heebie-jeebies kind of a way, yeah. but um, she's a very, very good writer, very engaging. And another time slip writer that I like is Christy Cambron, but hers are more historical and I've read all of her books and they're really good too. So. Okay. What was the name again of that one? The second one, Christy Cambron. Okay. C-A-M-B-R-O-N. So you'll be mm-hmm. sharing these, but maybe we'll do it like we did with our favorite things and not do it all at once. We'll just share them next week a little yes. at a time. Yes. Wasn't there something we were going to tell everyone to wait till the end or something? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you remembered that. Neil has some links to um, places to get, find if you buy hard copy books, to find mm-hmm. some cheaper you know, on Amazon, sometimes they're 16 or $17 just for a paperback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, a lot of times if I find a book that I want and it's a little pricier, I'll ask him to work his magic and check one of his sites for me and see if he can find it cheaper. But um, I can share those links at the end. And speaking okay. of, it's been almost an hour already uh, that we've been talking. Do we just want to no do way. seriously? Do we just want to do like a part two next week? Or talk about something different and go ahead and finish this out. Let's let's just maybe speed through. Okay. Do something different next week. Okay. I'll try not to talk so much about, and maybe I'll cut a couple off and we can just add them to our list or something. Sounds good. Okay. My next one is The Source by James Missioner. Hmm. And this one was a hard one um, because it's, I don't know, we're talking about a half inch for the Mitford novels. These were like four inches. Any Missioner novel is going to be thick but this one you would in I don't know if you'd enjoy it but you would you would you would read it I think because it's about Israel the history of Israel oh they don't necessarily um call it that but it's about a place called Makor and it's intertwined like it, it was written in the 60s so modern day 60s um how they are doing this archaeological dig on a place called Tel Makor and then it goes back to like 10,000 BC. So, I mean, this is not a Christian novel. And like, I like what you said about, it's a little edgy here and there, mm-hmm. but it goes back to 10,000 BC. And it the, the description of it says how monotheism developed. So obviously it's not going to teach you about God. And there will be things in there that you will disagree with. But at the same time, it's it teaches you about history. And it goes, you know, a tell is layered civilization. So you learn about the different civilizations as you go further and further down. And so it covers things like from uh, the stone age, the bronze age. So it's talking about the Hebrews. Hmm. Uh, It covers even a period of child sacrifice. And that was, it was hard to, to read through, but we know, I mean, it's it's in Mm -hmm. the Bible that those things happened. It talks about King David doesn't deny biblical history. It it Mm -hmm. fits it in secularly. 
Um, but it talks about David and, and in that section, it talks about the construction of an underground tunnel. So it's basically talking about Hezekiah's tunnel and how oh, they wow. created it, how they constructed it. And it was using some kind of a line above ground, uh, like I can't even think of what kind of line it was called, but, but that was really interesting. But I know that they had, they, that he had Hezekiah's tunnel in mind when he was talking about that, but it talks about Herod. It talks about Caligula and Nero, uh, Helena and about 300 AD when quote Christianity came uh, to Israel when, when it was no longer uh, against the law, if you want to put it that way, talks about Muslims and crusaders, the Mamelukes, the Ottomans. And then it kind of sort of ends with the 1948 when Israel became a state. And so it's, there's a lot of history and it's not like a page turner, like every page is, Ooh, what's next. It's not like that, but it, if you're interested in the history of Israel, if you're interested in archaeology, and I know you like both of those things, Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Pollard or (laughs) Kathleen J. Pollard, archaeologist, um, you would, you would probably want to read this. So it's called The Source by James Missioner. And I would say, if you like that kind of stuff, you should read it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get that name for you. I don't even know how to spell that last name, but we'll share these lists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've seen his Mm -hmm. name before, I'm sure. Awesome. Well, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to give a list of five names of historical fiction authors that I like, I think. And um, Elizabeth Camden, I've read all of her books and she writes mostly books set in the Gilded Age, which is late 1800s. And Rosanna M. White, um, she, hers are historical fiction, but kind of a broader range, but I read all of hers and loved all of them, but one, which was still good, just not fantastic. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that um, I won a Zoom talk with, and she did a, a chat over Zoom with a few people. I don't remember that. I won a contest last year, and so she chatted with a few people via Zoom about her latest novel that we had just read, and hmm. so for about an hour, we all got to have tea and discuss her latest book together, hmm. so yeah. Sarah Ladd, she writes about in the Regency era, which is the early 1800s. Sarah Sundin, I guess mm-hmm. you've heard of her because mm-hmm. she writes World War II, yeah. uh-huh. so all of hers are really good, and then um, Julie Classen, I like most of hers. Okay. Every now and then she writes one that I have a hard time getting into, but most of them, her Shadows of Swanford Abbey is one of her most recent ones. It's just a classic mystery straight up. It is, it is really Mm well-written. So, and then some of the older ones, um, Lori Wick. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember her? Uh Uh-huh. The Kensington Chronicles was my favorite by Lori Wick. And in particular in that series, there was one called The Night and the Dove. And I've probably read that book four times. Mm. (laughs) So just a little retro there, throwback to an older historical fiction. Like 80s or when? 90s? The Kensington Chronicles is maybe even 1700s. I'm not sure. Well, I meant when you read them, but okay. So it's 1700s. Yes, I read hers a long time ago. I was a lot younger. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. How about you? All right. My next one is the Harry Potter series. Obviously I have a thing for series and I know there's some that prefer or have chosen not to read these and that's fine. Um, But to me, these, we shared with my boys, I read them and they read them. We read them together, uh, depending on how old they were. We 
pass them to each other. We didn't read them out loud, um, but we passed them back and forth. But it's just such a fantasy and such you use your imagination. And, and there was I just could see everything happening. But the whole theme of the book is is good versus evil. Mm-hmm. But it's it's complicated. You know, it's not like black and white, easy to make the right choice every time. And that's real life to me, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to make the right choice. Even when you know what the right choice is, sometimes it's hard to do it. And so to me, that's what a lot of these books were about. Decisions just aren't easy. And the character Snape, was he good or bad? Well, overall, he was good, but he went about some things the bad way. And he was just a complicated person. And we know people like that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a, you you love him, you hate him at the end, you love him and you cry because of what he did. And, and uh, so it's just, it's like a modern day Narnia to me. And I mean, I cried out loud in the last <laughs> book, literally cried out loud in the scene where Harry, he chooses to sacrifice himself basically because um, the, the Voldemort, the, the bad guy makes him basically, he says, I'm going to kill people until you put, bring yourself before me. And so obviously it's not a God Satan thing, but it's mm-hmm. good versus evil and and harry went but his parents who had both died and and people that he he loved died he basically saw them and they're talking to him and 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 encouraging him and i mean i just boohooed out loud so i i enjoyed and hurt and felt i just felt everything with the harry potter books so that would be my numbers number five there's one quote i was going to two quotes i was going to read um uh, Dumbledore said, he was talking to Harry, he said, dark and difficult times lie ahead, Harry, and soon we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. Hmm. And then Sirius Black said, if you want to know what a good, if you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. So there's just a lot of nuggets through spread throughout all of the books. And I enjoyed them. Okay. Yeah. And our kids pretty much grew up with Harry Potter mm-hmm. in those books, didn't they? Cause yeah. they, as they were being written, they were the ones growing up with them. And, right. and I, I never saw the movies. That's not true. I saw the first one, mm-hmm. but I never saw any of the rest of them, but we had all the books and Carl especially loved them. And once yeah. he finished at the very end, he would just start right back over <laughs> with book mm-hmm. number one and go yeah. through it. So, well, the yeah. movies were good. I, I thought, all except for one were exact, almost exactly like I imagined them. And that's very mm-hmm. unusual. Usually you, I'm always disappointed with movies after I've read the book mm-hmm. and the books were still better than the movies, but they just, the way they designed the set, it was how I imagined them. So I, I like them, the movies. Okay. My next one is the old fashioned. So I'm going way back now. This is Grace Livingston Hill. Grace Livingston Hill. Uh Yes. She was born in 1865 and um, she was described as the originator of Christian romance. Hmm. And so her novels are just completely sweet. If that's how I could describe them. And I've Hers are the ones that look like the old ratty paperbacks and (laughs) I have a whole bookshelf full of them. And um, I've been collecting them for years and I, I just don't give them away because Mm. I don't know if there's just memories attached to them, but some of my earliest, you know, readings were Grace Livingston Hill. And she's probably the one that got me hooked on reading fiction in the first place. But, um, if I ever just feel like, 
a sweet read. If I ever just want something completely relaxing, or if I'm traveling and I just want to tuck something in my bag that I know is going to make me feel old fashioned and make you think of simpler times, mm-hmm. you know, I'll pull out Grace Livingston Hill. So mm-hmm. if anybody's listening who's never heard of her, there's a couple that I would recommend starting off with. Um, one of them is The Enchanted Barn which is this adorable story about how they have to convert an old barn into a home. Mm. And so anyway, it's just a very sweet story. And then the other one is the Miranda trilogy. And in the Miranda trilogy, the first book is called Marcia Schuyler or Schuler. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, but um, it's Schuyler. A, it could be because it's S-C-H. S-C-H. Yeah, yeah. Is it Schuyler? Marcia Schuyler? Okay. Maybe. Don't you hate when you read something and you don't know how to pronounce it in your head? That's Atreides. I'm always wondering how to say Atreides. Atreides. Skylar, that makes way more sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it's a case where it's just a sweet little story about how this girl is engaged to marry somebody. And um, but she doesn't. She runs off and falls in love with somebody else instead. And so her sister feels so badly for that. She kind of stands in her sister's place. She feels so bad for this guy that she stands in her sister's oh. place and, and um, they get married and, but it's a sweet little story about how, how they actually do come to love each other, but she's trying to learn homemaking when she wasn't even expecting to be in that position. And so how do you cook potatoes? You know, there's a sweet mm-hmm. little scene about how do you salt the water before or after it comes to a boil, you know, just, yeah. just cute little day-to-day mm-hmm. kind of things. But um, just hearing Grace Livingston Hill's name yeah. makes me feel good because uh-huh. of all these sweet little memories attached yeah. to it. And there is a Facebook group about for Grace Livingston Hill fans. And you can read about where people have found copies of books or they'll talk about their favorite stories. There's a recipe book like with the Mitford series. There's a recipe yeah. book that goes along with Grace Livingston Hill's books. That's and fun. yeah, so that's just a, that's a sweet one. Good. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to just give two in a row because the first one is a given little house series, Mm -hmm. all of them, but in particular, um, these happy golden years, when we were at focus on the family, I bought the book because I know I have another one at home, but it's dog geared. And it just made me happy just to see the cover Mm -hmm. and this, there's just everything about the little house books takes me straight back to, to childhood. And in the winter time, when I, when there's snow outside, I think of the twisting hay that they talked about, um, living in town the versus living on a homestead, these happy golden years, the proposal. There's so many things about the Little House series, but in the sake of time, I'll just skip past that one and go on to my number seven, which is, um, this one's a little different than my my usual reads, but it's called Still Alice by mm-hmm. Lisa Genova. And it's about, and fun fact about this too, is that Lisa Genova is Courtney's first cousin once removed. Really? Yeah, it's her. Oh, wow. I asked her this morning. I had to text her to find out exactly the the connection, but it's her great aunt's daughter. So I had mm. to look Google, what is your great aunt's daughter? And it's a first cousin once removed okay. or just cousin once removed. Anyway, um, I don't know if Courtney's ever met her, but she, Lisa Genova is actually um, a neuroscientist slash author, but she wrote this book and it's about early onset Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily there's language in the book and it is edgy. It's 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 not a um, anyway, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but I I read it in about 
2010, something like that. It was right about the time my dad was kind of starting to show signs of Alzheimer's and his was not early onset, but there was just a Mm -hmm. lot of things about this that I wanted to, to read because she intersperses some science and talks about, obviously they're still trying to find out what causes Alzheimer's, but, Mm -hmm. um, but she, she was a 50 year old woman in the book. The main character is 50 years old and she notices things about herself that she's forgetting, forgetting things. And so she finds out most of the time when someone finds out they have Alzheimer's, they're already, you know, they, they're, they're not, they've already kind of lost their memory and they might Mm -hmm. be cognizant of it, but they'll forget about it. And yet this, um, this woman, Alice in the book, she knew what was going on. And, uh, there's, there's one quote that she wrote that I, I cried through this book too, but she's talking to her daughter in this, in this quote, she said, you're so beautiful, said Alice. I'm afraid of looking at you and not knowing who you are. And her daughter says, I think that even if you don't know who I am someday, you'll still know that I love you. Hmm. Alice says, what if I see you? And I don't know that you're my daughter and I don't know that you love me. Then I'll tell you that I do. And you'll believe me. Oh, wow. And oh, just, that it, just it, gave me chills. I know. And it, it, it's, um, it's a hard, it's a hard book to read because I think every one of us in some way has been touched by Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and what a thief it is. It just steals memory, steals, um, all of those happy associations that we have because of our memories. And it led me to write still dad, which was mm-hmm. the first thing I had published in Christian woman magazine. But, um, it gave me a, a perspective on Alzheimer's that I think helped me uh, deal with, with dad's illness. And, you know, I didn't have to deal with anything like my mom did, but, but it helped me to see things a little bit differently. So the name of that book is still Alice and the author is Lisa Genova. Did they also make a movie out of that book? Yeah, they did. I thought mm-hmm. so. I haven't seen it, but I knew the title sounded familiar to me. Yeah. The movies are never as good as the book. So I'm always yeah, hesitant. Aren't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Your article still dead. I still remember reading that and bawling my eyes out. It was just so beautifully written. Well, thank you. But you, you know, there was a typo in it. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, you probably wouldn't have known, but the very first line is my dad loved golf. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Because they put my dad loved gold. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> not exactly. My dad did not love gold, but it changes it, the meaning a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. But it was funny. It's funny when I look yeah. back on it. Okay. Yeah. What's your next? Um, well, I'm going to switch back over to some nonfiction. Okay. And so I'm going to pull out a book called Women Living Well. It's by Courtney Joseph. Mm-hmm. And um, she talks about everything from being a, a good wife and mother to creating a, a soft home and, you know, all those kinds of things. So just pretty much anything that women might experience, how to um, shine for Christ on your job or so it's um, finding your joy is her subtitle. Women living well, finding your joy in God, your man, your kids and your home. And really the emphasis is on our attitude as we you know, encounter everybody that God's put in our life to be a part of our lives and for us to take care of. And it's um, an easy read. It's very well written. She does kind of step on your toes here and there. Mm. Um, But she has this one chapter in here called the effects of the media revolution, Mm. which I think is so good. And she talks about this idea of mistaking information for wisdom. Mm. 
because, you know, this is the age of information and we yeah. Google everything and seek it and, and how we just fill our minds with, with so much of this stuff. And she said, unless we take the time to really contemplate what we're learning, pray over it, live it out. Much of the wisdom we read will be lost quickly out of our minds as we continue to read more information. Media is designed to pull you in to make you feel some sort of emotion. Buy me, try me, watch me. Um, it subtly persuades us. It in intentionally molds us and it ultimately changes our thinking. Mm. So she's really talking about just guarding what we take in, especially in relation to how much time we spend in the word of God. Mm. Um, and she shares an Elizabeth Elliot quote, muddled thinking inevitably results in muddled living. Mm. And um, if we're not filtering all the information we take in, you know, using God's word, will lack the peace of God that guards our hearts and minds, Philippians 4, 7. So it's just a really good chapter, but she has a lot of good things in there. And I'll never forget when I first read this, she had this um, example of how um, a family came over for dinner and she was serving everybody and waiting on everybody. What can I get you to drink? What can I do for you? You know, let me fix your drink. And then her husband pipes up from the other room. Well, I'd like a sweet tea. And in her mind, she's thinking, what's wrong with your legs? Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh -huh. here I am waiting on everybody hand and foot. And you want me to get you a glass of sweet tea, you know, mm -hmm. instead of you getting up and helping me. And so, um, so she makes some kind of snarky comment to him, you know, in response, kind of joking, but kind of not joking. And which I can totally see myself doing. <laughs> but the point she makes is that. What she just said to her husband was everybody in this room is more important than you Yeah. because I joyfully served and waited on them hand and foot. And then when you made your request, I wasn't willing mm -hmm. to do it. And so there's little examples like that, you know, and it's, it's just really good book. So, and isn't that so true? I mean, we, mm -hmm. we tend to be so much more gracious to everyone outside of our own family. And I know mm -hmm. we've talked about that even here on this yes. podcast before. Yes. Okay. My next one is sort of an author, uh, but in particular, a book, the author's name is Walter Wangerin. And I may be saying that wrong. wrong. It may be Walter Wangerin. I'm not sure. But he wrote a book called The Book of God, which is the Bible as a novel. So it's in chronological order. But uh, there's some edgy stuff in there. And I didn't love it, but it it was kind of good to to see the Bible as a whole in, mm -hmm. in a story sense. But in particular, he wrote one that's just called Jesus. He also wrote one called Paul, a novel, but the one that's about Jesus, uh, it just, this was, I read it in 2005 and it really opened my eyes up to, more to the humanity of Jesus and mm -hmm. seeing his family around him, seeing friends, seeing um, just the human side of him. And really uh, the passion, the movie, the passion of the Christ mm -hmm. came out in 2004. So this was the year later and something about that movie, the thing, obviously the whole movie was so difficult to watch, but what really just pierced me was Mary's relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, in 2004, Jordan would have been 15, Jake would have been 13 and Micah would have been uh, eight, six or eight. And um, they're all boys. And so that mother son relationship, it just, oh, yes. you remember in the passion, how he joked with her and he, you know, teased her and picked on her. And, and that's how my boys were with me. And so it just, that whole part of that movie just, just stuck a knife in my heart. 
And so this book had a lot of that same kind of thing. In fact, it gives it, each chapter has different perspectives from different people. It'll have mm-hmm. uh, his beloved, which is talking about the apostle John, uh, but his mother is one of them. It just says Mary, but she always calls him my beautiful Yeshi. Mm. And she just, there's something about reading things from that perspective and realizing the, the, that she was part of that story too. And the grief and the um, difficulty, the dread that she must've had, you know, the verses that talk about how she treasured these things in her heart. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I don't get at all, that it was like a treasure that she, that she held onto and, and treasured in the sense that we use it, but something that she knew was coming and she was going to have to face and kept, must've wanted to keep putting it off, not knowing exactly what it was going to be, hmm. but there's just, yeah, th- that book was, um, I don't remember all the details about it. It's been a long time since I read it, but there was, it was a really an interesting book. Well, that's why I like the chosen that series, because it does make it so much easier. They've done such a great job with it and Mm -hmm. it does help us see him as a human, the personalities and the interaction and Mm -hmm. um, the expressions and emotions you can see on his face. I know that (laughs) it's drama, but it does help. But it was real. It, it was he, real. Yeah. He really lived and walked on this earth. We just right. watched the episode the other night of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's kind of the first episode where you're starting to see this is not, uh, you know, you know, obviously, because we know what happens. Mm-hmm. It's not happy, except yeah. in the sense that what he did for us brings us joy. But right. it it just brought me to dread knowing what's ahead. Hmm. Okay, your turn. Well, um, I, why don't you go ahead and finish what you have, and then I'll share those links really okay. quickly. Okay. My next one is one that you recommended called A Skeleton in God's Closet. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, it take, it's a fiction novel, obviously, but it takes the, um, it talks about an archaeological dig where someone thinks that they might have found the skeleton of Jesus and Mm -hmm. he has marks on his hands. And I think on the skull and say, there's a lot of things about, about finding this skeleton that makes the person think think that it's Jesus. And then what are the implications of that? Then Jesus did not raise from the dead. Then Mm -hmm. there is no resurrection. And what does that do to Christianity and people's faith around the world? And, and there's all of these building blocks that, you know, just would crumble. And so, um, it's a very, very interesting book. And I, mm-hmm. I had some difficulty like, Oh, what's, what's this about to say, but it was really interesting. <laughs> so if you want to read the end, I mean, we know what the end is, but right. it's, it was a, it was a good book. Did you know he wrote a book called Pontius Pilate? I did not. No. I had, I didn't know that until today when I was looking, looking at details. So I'm interested in checking into that. So that's a skeleton in God's closet. And then the last one is a, a series called the Zion covenant by Brock and Bodie Taney. Mm. And they've written tons and tons of historical fiction, but this one yes. in particular is um, set world war two, pre-world war two. I think it runs from 1936 to 1940. And then there's another series after that that covers beyond, but it talks about um, you, you just get the feeling of pre World War II and Hitler's coming into power and uh, Jews are starting to flee these areas where they're feeling the threats and the ones that stay, what do they do? And it talks about smuggling children out of Poland and other areas, hmm. talks about spies and invasions and refugees, how they're being refused entrance into countries, you know, 
those boats that tried to to get into different countries. Anyway, that uh, that's a, a fantastic series. I that really sounds good. That. I haven't yeah. read any of those. That sounds oh, really you would good. enjoy them. Yeah, oh, yeah. you need to I'll look, to look at, that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's my ten. Maybe Very we should good. start doing five. Uh, I think so. I think 10. so. Okay. So some websites that you can check out to find things cheaper. One is called abebooks.com and it, it looks like abebooks.com. Abebooks, a libris.com, A-L-I-B-R-I-S, um, H-P-B.com, which stands for half price books. Okay. HPB mm-hmm. and then thriftbooks.com. So all of those usually, especially if one's been out for more than a couple of years, mm-hmm. you can find them significantly discounted than you can say at Amazon or okay. something yeah. like that. So, mm-hmm. okay. All right. So our random question this week and we can, <laughs> do we need to rush through it or we, what are you thinking? Uh, I will, because I don't really have a good story. Oh, okay. <laughs> so our random question this week is about our wedding rings. Do you have a story about a fun story about your wedding ring? Did you choose it? What, what, what do you know about, or what would you like to tell about your wedding ring? Yeah. So my answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> that ended that. I asked, I even asked Neil, because, you know, you suggested this, which I think is a really cute idea mm-hmm. for a random question. I said, Neil, is there a story behind my wedding band? Or, I mean, I knew it wasn't like a family heirloom or anything like that. And he mm-hmm. went, no, <laughs> I bought it at Jared's in Montgomery. <laughs> so, well, because we were going that? to school at Faulkner and Montgomery at the time. So <laughs> what's the slogan about Jared? Yeah, we went to Jared. We went to Jared. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we so no, but I you know I've been wearing it for almost thirty one years now. So that's my story. (laughs) Well, but what is your story? Well, I feel bad because mine has a long and winding road that I'll have to to sum up. Give us the reader's digest version. (laughs) So the diamond part, you know, we were young. John was twenty one, and I was eighteen. And he built a greenhouse to pay for the diamond. We had, there was one of the elders uh, in San Marcos. Yeah, he was, his name was Austin Varner and it was Varner Jewelers in San Marcos. And he made a bargain with John. If you would build this greenhouse for me, then that will pay for the diamond. And he picked it out and said, this is a great diamond. I know nothing about diamonds. And, um, and he put it on a set of, that we picked out. I think I did pick that out. Um, of, you know, wedding band and engagement band, but the, so we paid for those, but the ring, the diamond was paid for by the greenhouse. So the, the little band that it was on was so thin that it started wearing really, really thin. And, and then I gained a lot of weight after we got married. I'm, I'm cramming this story to make it shorter. (laughs) And then I lost a lot of weight in 2011 and so uh, we, we put the diamond on a, just a plain solid, it wasn't solid gold, a plain gold band. It was kind of thick. Um, that was when I had gained the weight. Well, when I lost the weight, it didn't fit. So I put the, the wedding band in our lockbox and I didn't wear the diamond for a long time. So in t- 2015, we went to Israel for the first time. That was when we did the filming expedition for the Babylon Passage series. And we bought, we had, we decided we were going to do this. We saved up for a while before and we bought rings there and I'll show it on here. You know what it looks like, mm-hmm. but, um, but I'll, I obviously that. I'll post pictures, but you can, 
engrave it. You can have it engraved with whatever you want it to say. And ours came from Jeremiah 31. It says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Aww. And it's God saying that to his people, but we're, we say that to each other. So uh, that's where the band came from. But then about three years ago, John took the diamond that was in the lockbox and he put it on a, uh, a thinner band that fit my, my finger since I've lost weight. And so now I wear the diamond on a plain little thin band with the wedding band that we got in Israel. John has a matching one. So oh, that is a great story. That is a great story. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my story. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Well, I've enjoyed this conversation about books. I feel like we probably, I actually left some out. I feel like we could have ca- talked about this all day long. Yeah, definitely. And we have yeah. talked about books a lot before. So yes. good topic. Good choice. Yes, it is. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can head over to our Facebook page. It's looking up with Kathy and Carla, and we would love to see or hear about what books you love and what uh, mm-hmm. you think about the ones that we've shared. We also have an Instagram page. Then that's something that I'm trying to work on and I'm not very good at it, but I'm, I'm working <laughs> on a great job. <laughs> so let us know what you think. And until next week, keep looking up. All right. I will talk to you soon. All right. Take care, Carla. All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye.